Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning. Welcome to Apple Turnover for June twenty fourth, twenty twenty three. The New York Mets have lost a bunch of games since we last spoke, but we're not here to talk necessarily about the couple of games the Mets lost. Although there is obviously, uh, you know, there are stories to be told within those games, but. The story tonight is that the Mets made a trade during the game against the Phillies, which is that Eduardo Escobar was traded to the Los, Ange- Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim for two double-A uh, pitchers, both right-handed, Coleman Crow and Landon Marceau. Got to say, two A-plus names. Coleman Crow sounds like a, uh, I don't know, like a Mad Magazine parody of Cameron Crow, and uh, Landon Marceau just sounds like, uh, I don't know, a villain in a Bond movie or something. I like those names quite a bit. Anyway, they are uh, numbers 19 and 20 in the Angels minor league system, according to MLB Pipeline. And uh, basically, this is the Mets acknowledging a few things. Number one, it's acknowledging that Brett Beatty is here to stay. Uh, we all knew that was happening. This isn't a surprise to anybody. But by trading Escobar, they have basically said that Beatty is the third baseman now and will be the third baseman uh, for the foreseeable future and um, that's a good thing. It's a nice little confidence booster in Beatty. It also allows Escobar to play, hopefully, a little bit more consistently, which is a nice thing also. But let's push that aside for a second. What's really interesting here is that the Mets traded a player who obviously had not lived necessarily up to his uh, his contract that he signed, but was still a useful Major League player for two Double-A arms. Now, double-A is not exactly trading for guys that were drafted uh, last season, right? This is something that these players 
obviously have a, a pedigree behind them and have expectation behind them. Um, that said, they are not top five, top 10 prospects in the Angel system. And, um, you know, it, it shows that there is an understanding that the Mets need to be thinking about the future and they need to be taking some chances about the future. Now, again, we're coming off of an offseason where the Mets spent an insane amount of money and almost spent even more if Carlos Correa wound up on the team as was expected. And to go from those signings to trading for two double-A arms, one of whom is just coming off the injured list, it just shows that the, the Mets are thinking about this season a little bit differently than they were, that maybe maybe this is the first sign that the Mets expect to be sellers at the deadline, although I don't think selling Escobar necessarily is the canary in the coal mine here. I think that Escobar was sort of redundant on this team to begin with, and maybe this opens the path for someone like Ronnie Mauricio to come up. Maybe this just means that um, Mark Vientos will get another shot, another shot on the team. You know, there's lots of ways to read this, but I just think that the Mets, if they had been, if they were in a position where they felt confident about the postseason, I think they might have thought Escobar was worth rostering because of his veteran leadership, his defensive flexibility, blah blah blah, his sw- the fact that he's a switch hitter, blah blah blah. All those things are things that that teams going to the postseason often acquire. You know, he's sort of like the Kelly Johnson of the 2015 World Series, the Juan Uribe of that of that time, right? These players that were brought in not because the Mets had a, a, a 100% fit for them, but somebody who their skills were valuable to the team and would help the team succeed, even if there wasn't like a perfect role for them. And Escobar seems like that kind of a guy, right? So the fact that they're getting rid of him seems to me a little bit like maybe they are realizing, okay, we're going to be sellers of the deadline. Now, they could play like a team on fire the next three weeks before the deadline and not be sellers, and that would be great. We'd all appreciate that. I still think this is a smart move, and I think that, um, you know, even if these players don't amount to much, the Mets have to start thinking about restocking the minor leagues. We know how barren the minor leagues are right now. And, or the upper minors, I should say. And so, yeah, this is an interesting move, one that I don't think is necessarily too much of a harbinger for things to come, but very well maybe. And let's just take a moment to uh, bid a fond farewell to Eduardo Escobar, who had vibes off the charts for most of the time with the Mets, very funny on their social media channels, uh, a great teammate, as we saw with the way that he was just absolutely wonderful with Brett Beatty this season, even though Beatty was actively taking his job at the moment. So fairly well, Eduardo Escobar. We had some good times. We'll never forget the month of Escobar last September. Um, however, we also hope that uh, one day the Mets are hanging the numbers of Coleman Crow and Landon Marceau uh, from the rafters, and the Mets will be remembered for pulling off this insane trade and fleecing the Angels for this. Um, it's not going to happen, but wouldn't it be cool if it did? I think so. Anyway, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Go to homerandapplesauce.com or patreon.com slash homerandapplesauce to support this podcast directly. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian Needs an App. And until next time, let's go Mets. <laughs>